Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation here, including a Voltron Legendary Defender, which we'll be getting into today. I'm Dylan Heisen, and today I'm joined by Andy Potter. Hey. And Steve Zeck. Hey. Today, Andy, Steve, and I will be wrapping up our Season 3 coverage of Voltron Legendary Defender here at the Overly Animated Podcast. You can check out all of our previous Voltron Season 3 podcasts at OverlyAnimated.com. Subscribe to our Voltron-only iTunes feed or our general iTunes feed at OverlyAnimated.com slash iTunes. Um, We've done all the episode discussions, and now we're going to talk about the season as a whole and get some uh, new opinions here from Andy and Steve on uh, various hot topics uh, surrounding the season, how it was overall, and some uh, big theory discussions, including this hot uh, Shiro topic, uh, Shiro theories topic, um, and uh, potentially some other uh, theory stuff as well. Um, So let's get into this discussion by getting your guys' opinions on what you thought of Season 3 of Voltron as a whole. Uh, Andy, what do you think? I thought the season was really good. I think this was the most consistent season of the fir- of the three that we've had. Um, it was a little shorter, so that helped it stay consistent. But it still just was really good. Every episode I was, um, this, except for one, I'm forgetting the names. The names episodes are hard for me sometimes in this show. But um, they, they were all really consistent, really good, really fun. There's a lot of tension, and Lotor is really a great villain. He's a lot more fun than cool than Zarkon. And we finally have Allura being a being one of the paladins, which is something we've been asking for for two seasons, which is great. And even there's some clans happening, which would be incredible if it actually reached fruition. Yeah. Oh, all things we'll get into here. We'll be we'll be uh, hopefully getting taking a deeper dive into clans here. Um, Steve, uh, what do you think of season three overall? I loved it. It's a vast improvement over season two. Um. I tell you, the villains definitely are definitely much more exciting. Um, Lotar and his team, fast improvement over Zarkon and his like minions, like his soldiers of the week. And uh, I'm happy like Allura gets to be a paladin. I'm getting her chance there. Um, though, like I said, we always had a girl in the as one of them. You know, Pidge, but sometimes which Hagger, she the back, she's a little more interesting this season. What we discovered about her, much, um, I always liked her, but she's definitely much more interesting than she was the first two seasons. Um, the whole mystery of Shiro, I, I still don't know what happened to him, and and oh, Clance, yeah, that might be Canyon. I do have some new ships of my own I would like to talk about, but. Yeah, it's it could go, it could go, man, it could sh- sail. You never know. <laughs> okay, we'll we'll get into that later. Yeah, uh, more and more shipping discussions. So, um, I think okay, yeah, and as I've said in previous podcasts, definitely think well, uh, season three is the best uh, season overall of Ultron. Um, but uh, one thing of note is that this is um, you know, season three, but really we're only getting half of season three here because Netflix has Netflix slash DreamWorks decided to break up the season into two. Um, we got seven episodes here, and then in October we'll get the remaining six of what would have traditionally been a, a thirteen season episode season of Ultron. Um, they said that this is so that they could get the episodes out faster. Potentially they're not like done with like maybe the finale of the season until October. So they would have had to delay it until October. Um, Andy, for you, did this new season structure of just releasing half of the season here work? Yeah, I really liked this. I liked the fact, I think it's a lot more palatable knowing that we're getting the next half really soon, just a couple months out. 
But um, it's kind of funny because we're kind of we we switched to the streaming format because people liked it more. But then people also didn't want to wait year a, year a full year for the next season, so they're splitting it up, which is kind of going backwards back to the weekly structure. Like it, it, I find it kind of funny just what's going on here. But I do like this. This seems like a happy medium for me. Maybe there's some more tinkering they can do with the structure, but so far I like it. As long as season quote unquote four pays off from what we saw in season three, this is I really enjoy this. Okay, a uh, uh, good positive reaction there, Steve. Uh, what about you? What did you think of dra- just dropping the first seven episodes here? I thought it was all right. I agree with you, Dylan. I don't really consider season four season four. I consider that season three part two. Um, yeah, it's a. Uh, I say it's much easier for us to podcast on it, just seven episodes yeah. instead of like 13. Um, it really kind of made no difference to me because I just, you know, watched them right as quickly as I could anyway. And though I did, uh, just to follow you guys, I watched two episodes at a time. I, and then I took a pause, put some theories out, thought of stuff, and then watched two more at a time j- just for you guys, you know. So I could have the mindset. Oh, yeah. The, the overly animated uh, podcasting experience of uh, going slowly yeah. through the Netflix season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's painful. Yeah. Um, I, so, I, yeah, I think, as I've said before, what Steve echoed here, uh, the, the thing that's wrong with this is calling season four, calling the October episode season four when it's just not. Um, it's it's uh, it, it, I think it's going to put ex- audience expectations in a place where they shouldn't be like this is the second half of season three. It's not season four. So just don't call it season four. It's kind of deceitful. Um, it's... Yeah, it's it's I just I, I don't like, like I don't know why you need to do that for marketing. I guess marketing purposes, it sounds better. But um, I think overall, <laughs> though, dropping half the season, I think works. Um, and I think that Netflix should not be beholden to just dropping seasons at once. Um, if it works better for a certain show, just drop, drop a group of episodes. Um, like maybe for a certain show, you just want to put out two episodes a month. Like Netflix could just do that. Um, and I think that hope maybe Voltron would pave the way for more structures yeah. like that. There's no reason that they need to be so beholden to this season by season structure. Um, and they, the, that's the reason that they label it season four is because they feel so beholden to this. It's like everyone expects new seasons from us, but, um, just this last six episodes being a new season, I, I, the concept of that don't like, but I do, I do like, especially for animation, I think it potentially makes sense because animated animation post-production can take so long. Um, I think it makes sense to, uh, not wait for the entire season to be out and, uh, gradually release episodes as we, as we, uh, course correct here, like kind of like Andy was referring to with this Netflix model, eventually maybe we'll revert back to the broadcast model. Um, and as, as like broadcasting cable TV are trending more towards Netflix now with, um, like Cartoon Network starting to dump a bunch of episodes online, uh, maybe we're switching places here, but, uh, just the first step here with Voltron. Yeah. Yeah. It's Steven Universe all over again, the season structure. And I got, don't get me started on Netflix. Um, I do have kind of a something I want to talk about Netflix. We're going to do our do another do our next podcast. You know the one we're talking about. But um, I, I tell you this though, what they do though in anime though in Netflix, I want to talk slightly off topic though. It's kind of bringing piracy back. Some streaming sites you have some newer stream, streaming sites kind of put piracy a thing of a past, but the way Netflix is doing it, piracy is back. Sadly. What do you mean piracy is back? Oh, I mean like for example, like Little Witch Academia, um it, um 
you had like a you have sites like Crunchyroll when animes air the day of they put them on their site and people can watch them legally weekly. Uh, so if Netflix hold, holds on to it too long, it incentivizes yes. people to watch it illegally. Yeah, yes, yeah. that's what I meant. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, and with Little Witch Academia, Netflix called the second is calling the second half group season two on their site. Yeah, I mean, which isn't true. Like it's just not no, season two. No, no, but like I said, I, I watched the show weekly in Japan. And a lot of people did because you know, and I had the fun of actually having to watch an episode and then get to theorize what's going to happen next week. And I sadly, with way Netflix are doing shows like with Voltron, we kind of lose that a bit. But I understand, like, it's, it's good and bad. Some people prefer it that way Some because it's give and take. It's no perfect system. Yeah. But it's, it's... I, that's, part, that's part of the reason why I like this split season thing, because it kind of brings back that old, and this kind of gets into something we might talk about later, is that it kind of feels like watching Avatar again, because we get to this mid-season finale, and we're like, where's this leading? What's Lotor going to do with the Comet? What's going on with the Lions? What's going on with Shiro? And it, and it leaves us off at this perfect point that is where we can just theorize and have all these really, we have no idea what's going to happen next. And I really like that because not every episode is going to have a bunch of stuff we can theorize about, but definitely these seven episodes leads to a lot of stuff we can guess and think about for the future. And I really like that about this half drop because now we're prepared for these next six episodes, which are just going to end the season. And we're going to be surprised and shocked and, hopefully excited if we predict things correctly sometimes and that's gonna be really fun i'm excited for that oh me too yeah i will i will say that the this releasing the first seven structure is probably directly leading to our next topic here like i don't know if this would have been a thing we would have any time to speculate on um unless we had this gap so i think that it's successful in that it's uh inspiring a lot of fan discussion and speaking of which this is something that i think probably is going to get paid off in these next six episodes uh what's up with shiro uh, like, ag- agree uh, quickly. Agree that this will be paid off in the next six episodes. It has to be. Yeah, yeah. I think probably. Um, I, yeah. maybe we could be depending on what the answer is. It could be more of a long term plot. But anyway, um, so Shiro randomly returns in episode five of the season, and a lot of people think something's up, and uh, yeah. that this is uh not uh not everything what it seems to be with Shiro. Um, even though the show for the most part, was basically presenting it as played for straight what it was, just Shiro on a ship showing up. The only necessary, the only thing that was like built into the actual dialogue out of the ordinary was like when he's escaping from the ship, they say they're like executing some sort of plan. Um, mm-hmm. So it kind of seems like him escaping was intended. That's kind of the impression you get from one line there. But um, other than that, you could you could make an interpretation here that everything's okay. So let me let me present each of you with five options on uh, five options. A lot going on here with um, what's up with Shira, and you tell me which is true. Option number okay. one: everything's fine. Okay. Shira's fine. Uh, no. this is normal Shira. <laughs> no, don't say yes or no as we go. Okay, I'll, I'll go. <laughs> I know everyone who's listening. Steve also, is quick to the draw. Every, I know, quick to the draw. Steve is everyone who's listening there. Everyone's like, no, it's not. Every sums up with Shiro, but no, everyone is everything's fine with Shiro. Everything's normal. Number two <laughs> is Shiro is uh, this Shiro is a clone, and our Shiro is still missing. Um, number three is this Shiro is uh, a clone or ordinary, and our Shiro was a clone. Maybe this is original Shiro and original. This is. This is like real Shiro and our Shiro from seasons one and two was a clone. That's, that's number three. Um, number four is that this Shiro is a sleeper agent. Um, they've, uh, 
they wanted him to escape because they've injected him with something that will make him like them be able to control him or he will turn on the paladins like the Galrins are and probably Lotor are um have something in there that will control him. Um, or number five, other, insert your, <laughs> is, is it not one of these, but something else is up with Shiro. So, um, Andy, what's the answer? Uh, I think it's clone or some version of that because which, I which include, clone? Which clone? Um, the number two option okay. where he's just a clone. He, the one we're seeing now is the clone. And I include in there, like, if he's from another reality or something, I think that's the same oh, as okay. being a clone. Okay, that'll be, mm, should that be separate or the, we can... I think that's, it, 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 it acts as the same thing, okay. though. I think in, 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 it might be a different reasoning, but it acts as the same plot points if he's just from a different reality, I think. Unless they literally, unless we find out that the Galrins have this technology and they've been cloning everybody. Yeah, okay. Unless it affects other clones, then that's a different we'll thing. We'll put that in there with number two. Okay, so why? Um, because this, this, this Shiro is acting just a little bit differently than the Shiro we saw in season one and two. And and sometimes it's really little things, but sometimes it's very different. Like in the battle with, um, in tailing the comet, I think the name was at the end where he was, he kept egging Keith on to do things that I really don't think Shiro would have done in his position in many ways. Cause he's usually a lot more conservative. He really wants to make sure everyone's safe. But he kept swapping back and forth between these really risky plans for Keith to do. And I don't think that's something Shiro would do, but it's something that maybe a clone imprinted with Shiro's memories might think Shiro would do in those situations. Because from the outside, the result was the same Voltron we've seen. Does that make sense? Like an outside observer would see Voltron doing the same thing despite the instructions being slightly different. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Um, But – yeah, I think we can we can once we get both of your takes, we can we can debate this. Steve, Steve, which which of the five are you on here? Uh, I'm number four. I'm going for the simplest which explanation. Besides, yeah, it's it's a real Shiro, but he like he's he's a sleeper spy. They did something to his head because uh, one part one he uh, he complains about headaches at one point. So I think they did something to him and. And though I disagree, though, is that Lotar had anything to do with this? I think this is a a Hagger project mm. in my. So I think, and wait, um, I don't, I don't know though how Shiro got to where he at the disappeared in season two and got there. I don't know did they capture him or something. I, I, I that's still up in the air. But I, I just think it's just he's just uh, been brainwashed. He's a sleeper spy. I think that's the easiest explanation. Besides, of course, everything's okay. Yeah, but you bring up the biggest reason for why it's a clone because they cut off his arm. They have his DNA. It's like Young Justice all over again. They made a clone from his arm. Yeah, and, well, well, that's that's like a possibility, though, right? It's yeah, like but they're I mean, capable like, of it. How how did they, how they get the actual Shiro onto a ship? That's my confusion. Like, oh, how they get him? Well, one other possibility though is is like the Shiro from the beginning of the series is a clone. This Shiro is a clone. We've never met original Shiro. Original Shiro died before the series even began. Yeah. I think, yeah, <laughs> that's definitely possible. Steve, what do you think of, um, Andy's, one of his biggest evidence here was his, uh, Shiro's behavior at the end of tailing a comet. Um, do you think the sleeper, the sleeper cell, uh, their, uh, theory could, uh, like account for that? Hmm. I don't know. I, I remember. Um, what happened there? I I remember him like he was the one who's telling. Was he telling Kitos to do more reckless stuff? In summary, yeah, there was. He was telling him to. 
he was giving him really big decisions that he had to choose one thing or the other and nothing else. There was no, there was no it was oh, only black and white. Yeah, maybe and stuff so. Like that. It yeah, it probably does. I because I don't think she, she, the real Shira would do that, or at least the Shira we knew from season one and two. Uh, yeah, let me just say, let's not call him the our Shira the real Shira because we don't know. We don't know. Let's <laughs> That's call him true. Season one. <laughs> Season one and two Shiro, yeah. Maybe we're going to get super convoluted in three Shiro's. This is Shiro, for simplicity's sake, this is Shiro 2, and the Shiro we had in seasons one and two is Shiro 1. You know, I'm already already feeling this this is Rick and Morty right now. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, this is Shiro uh, D-135, yeah. Um, Andy, here's my question on the clone theory. Uh, Isn't it just so dark if this is... Like, this is just our Shira. This is just a clone. It's not real Shira. Real Shira is dead. Like, are we bringing back real Shira at some point? Um, Because this feels like a real big emotional blow to all the paladins. I think that they can spin it, the writers can spin it in a way that doesn't go as dark as they need, as, as we would view it from our position with the detail we go into these things. But, um... I think they can spin it in a way that's a little less dark that still impacts the paladins in a very emotional way. Like, I don't think they're going to go into the fact that the real Shiro has been dead if this is a clone. I don't think they're going to go into the... like they're, The paladins already knew that. They already talked about that at the beginning of the season. I don't think they're going to go into how exactly they gathered DNA and grew this clone. Are we just going to, like, accept this as new Shiro now? Is that going to be a plot, like, a plot arc? Is, like, just grow to, this is not the original one, but grow to accept him as a friend? I think if he's a clone, there will be a thread like that, or it'll be, like, um, I forget who posed it on a previous podcast. He will pilot Dark Voltron or whatever like that. I think he'll be a, wouldn't he have to be a villain then, or would would they, like, commandeer Dark? uh, I think, the more we talk about it, I think that there's a combination of theories here. I think he might be a sleeper agent clone and he might be, they might be able to like turn him on and turn him into a villain and take control of stuff. But, um, that's, that's getting even deeper than we need to go. Uh, But, um, I think that we're going to have to fight Shiro, whatever, whatever this is. If he's a clone or sleeper agent, we're going to have to fight him at some point. Yeah, I agree with that. I think we're fighting him no matter what, but, uh, there's a lot of theories that account for that. Yes. Yes, Steve. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I think though, if we're getting redemption for this fake Shiro, I, I don't see a happy ending, I, him living happily ever after. I see him, his ultimate redemption will be death. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he has to sacrifice, sacrifice himself. himself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, yeah. I don't, I don't know if I buy though. We can spin this in a not suppressing way. Like Keith, and this is beginning of the season, super depressed. Shiro, our Shiro's, Shiro's dead. Um, then no, Shiro's back. Yay. Now, uh, oh no, this is a clone and he betrays us. Uh, Keith's just going to be like incredibly depressed and like develop a drinking problem. And like, that's, that's going to be <laughs> like, what? Italy lands can help him. Or, like what? Like what? Like this is, that's way darker than anything that's ever happened on the show. That's the, like, I, I guess the clone, the clone thing I agree makes more sense logically in terms of what we've seen from the plot. Um, just, it's just like a really going to rip Shiro away from, from the palace uh it, it seems it seems cruel i think like if we view this as an as a season of avatar and you ask me the question of whether they'd rip one of the main characters away just to give a blow to like the to cora or ang i would have definitely said yes so i think i would say yes to this as well i don't know like whatever on avatar was this dark you know like yeah think, 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 <laughs> think like the end yeah, of season kinda. two think like the end of season two dylan that was a heavy blow to everyone involved i don't think that was like the darkest avatar was and it was like ang died and immediately came back to life like but no but i think pulling sure away and turning into a villain is a perfect dark ending this this season that isn't too dark 
I think I disagree with you that it would be as dark as you're saying. I think they can. I think that Keith and Lance and all the Paladins will keep going, and it'll just motivate them further. I don't think it'll be as dark as you think it will be. So, Andy, your best friend dies, and then you think he's back to life, and he's your friend again, and then, no, that was an evil clone, and he's trying to kill you, and your friend's still dead. They like. They might not find out he's a clone till later. Like, it's, uh, <laughs> I feel like this is, this is so dark. Oh my God. I don't, I don't know. That's the part I can't get past with the clone thing. I, I, I think this might be, with you saying it, it, would you think it'd be less dark if he's a sleeper agent, if they completely like take over his well, mind? Yeah, because I, he's still Shiro somewhere underneath, you know? I, well, I just thought of something though. Discovering Shiro's a clone, I think we might. I need like addition to the team, someone who doesn't have an emotional attachment to Shiro to figure this out. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, we need a uh, slob back, obviously. Yeah, well, oh, what no. I'm thinking about though, I'm thinking about is perhaps one of Lotar's generals might defect. I think I know the most likely one. I think we all agree the most likely one, and that person would be like because Driver Red's like they're saying, "Oh, that's a real Shiro. You're you like you're an enemy before. I don't trust you. You're a liar." Like, Keith could say that or something. Look, just because Ty Lee defected doesn't mean new Ty Lee is going to defect. That's no, no, I didn't say, I didn't say her. <laughs> I think you meant her. Them, I think you meant her. I think the one, the, uh, I think the, the, one, the, that, one, the one that failed her mission. I, and I have a theory what Lokhtar is going to do to her next, but you want to talk about that later? Or, or you want me to say it now, what my theory is? So th- are we talking about the one who we, we learned was... The blue one, the, the, one, the leader. The one, from the, yeah, the one who's in the Weblum, yeah. Yeah, the, um, let's see her name here. Um, Aksa. Aksa, yeah. 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 I have, yeah. I think, uh, what Lotar is going to do, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm going off topic here. You want, you, you, you still no, want me no, to say yeah, what? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I think Lotar's, what's he going to do? What he's going to do is he's going to send her on a, like a suicide mission. Uh, like, and she's probably not going to know it. That's going to be his way of failure. His way to punish her, but also achieve some goal. He's going to use her to achieve some goal. I'm thinking maybe he's going to have her intentionally be captured, you know, and have like some little like bomb or something implanted in her so she can just blow up Voltron, blow up everybody. And and then our heroes will fucking talk her out of it and whatnot. And then she'll, she'll kind of become an ally. And then she'll notice some weird news about Shiro. And then. And then you know, then then we'll sort of find out. That's that's. Can I just say theory. that? Can I just say Steve's theory is much darker than mine, Dylan? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's I I I'm I'm gonna skeptical of all this dark stuff, but maybe I don't know. Maybe we're just uh, turning this into an adult show now. Maybe that's what's happening. I'm on board for everything Steve said, actually, except for the implanting the bomb in her part. That seemed a little excessive. Yeah, are we okay. are we nine 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 now? Like, what are we doing? Um, but uh, I no, <laughs> I, I'm on um Aksa. Aksa, aren't we? Uh, aren't we shipping her with Lotor? Like, how how is she defecting? Isn't she the Lotor ship? Oh. I don't know. I tell you, I'm I'm shipping I'm shipping her with uh, Izor, the Tylee one. That's that's my ship. Okay, that's the new <laughs> ship I talked about on the Patreon Facebook. I mean, I like that's, that. Yeah, <laughs> they're like the they're like the Lo- Team Lokhtar's version of Clans because they're so opposite. I feel they are. Uh, I I feel like uh, Andy. You, are you feeling any Lotor Axa? No, I'm feeling none of that. Why? I hope they. Why not? Like, well, I mean. We haven't really seen much of them together. They could have something going on, but just from the little we've seen, I'm not feeling any spark there. But um, 
Motor plus his like the the bad guy plus his number one general. It's the classic, uh, the classic. And group. I, I know that, but I mean, we haven't really seen them like converse in some seen, way that isn't just ordering. Just them. haven't seen any of her. Like I don't know how we're. Yeah, I, I can't comment on any theories involving her because we've seen so little, or any of the generals. Like I love getting on the Lotor's generals topic. I love the characterization of them in episodes one, two, and six here, but um, in general. Uh, we really just saw, I mean, did we, was, were they even in episode one? I guess at the end, mostly just two and six. Like, we really just saw yeah. nothing from them for most of the season. So, um, that's one thing I'm really expecting from the, the, the second half of the season would be more, more of the generals. But can I just say, this is what the show was missing. These four characters, I didn't know what, that we needed, like, another version of Ozai's Angels, but we, we did. Too. Me they too. were perfect. Oh, I mean, I think we knew generally that this is what we were like. Yeah, the show needs more female but, characters. Like, I don't. I guess not specifically like villain, like uh, fun yeah. villains, right? That's the yeah, yeah. yeah. I, we needed more women, but we didn't. I didn't know it was this specific formula is what worked every time. But, I didn't know that. But I, I, but I don't believe though. Lotar, though, maybe he believes what he says. His like his convictions, his ideology. But I do think though. When push comes to shove, when his back against a wall, he is his father's son. I feel deep down, and that, and he, he's probably selling these generals a bill of goods. Maybe that's truthful in his head, but you know, when push comes to shove, and things don't go his way, you know, he, he will see a different side of him. He's not the uh, he's not as idealist as he thinks he is. Yeah, that's, I, it's a, it's an interesting point. Like, is I, what's what's uh, Lotor's true motivations here? Yeah, Lotor. I said I uh, said he's pretty much we want you wanted Zhao, but I think what we got here was pretty much a perfect fusion of Zuko and Azula, a combination of them. I think he's got kind of Zuko's sort of rebellious side, his uh, being vanished and all, but he's got kind of Azula's little methods, you know. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think his uh, structure within the show as a character is Azula. I think that's the closest parallel here. Um, you could make personality comps wherever, but um, like uh, you know, down to the 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 man Tai Lee to uh, son of to like son to son daughter of the uh, of the bad, big bad um, to function as like the villain, but maybe a more sympathetic presence. Um, you know, it's kind of all there. Um, any t- any read on Lotor, like, when it comes down to it, like, is he loyal to Galra? Is he loyal to his father? Is he loyal to himself, Andy? He's loyal to himself. He has a plan, and I don't think it includes any of the plans that anyone else in the Empire has. He's planning something, and Hagar and Zarkons, whatever they're doing in that chamber, does not factor in. Yeah, I think he's planning a coup. And what would be interesting here to see, maybe, like, call me crazy, this could happen, is is Lotar and our heroes have a temporary alliance to take down Zalcon, Zaltron, you know, make it, make a pact that we take him down, and then afterwards we can fight. And uh, that could happen. Though, I do wonder, though, if, uh, who, which is better, though, would you rather have... Zulkan in charge or Lotar in charge if you're the Palatins? Which would be a better system because, you know, Zulkan is like one-dimensional evil. You can easily get people behind, behind you. But Lotar, he's so charismatic. It'd be, you know, he can get like a bunch of like normal like planets 
to trust him. Yeah. Which, yeah. I, I, so I think at this point in the show, um, Lotor is more of a threat to me if I'm a paladin. Um, I think he's probably going to, like, you defeated Zarkon once already. Lotor, I think, um, with this comet is a, is kind of a major threat to the you and the universe. Um, yes, maybe you can team up with him. Like, uh, he's not, uh, unilaterally opposed to you like Zarkon. Um, but ultimately, I think he's, he's the bigger threat at this point. Yeah, there could be an episode kind of like in the vein of the Blue Spirit where like they team up unintentionally almost, but I don't think there's going to be a long-term allyship between them in any way. There, There's some stuff going on, like even just Allura being a paladin makes it really hard to see them team up in any permanent way. Oh, I, I want to see like they have like try, have our paladins and Loktar's team like have like a a, a conference try to have like some sort of like a, a, try to negotiate a little like a, a, a an alliance that'd be kind of fun to watch probably see them all at each other's throats and stuff that, that would be fun to watch and it could turn and probably end in betrayal at the very end but that would be an interesting episode yeah i i think so i think that the interesting thing with lotor is how he's going to react with zarkon alive again um he's probably going to be rev- revoked from ruling the the Galran Empire, and um, I think it's going to be interesting to see where... This will be like an instant test of where his motivations are. Um, if he's just like instantly banished again, you know, maybe he'd work with the Paladins, uh, like if he's just really opposed to Zarkon. But I, my read on him is currently that he's just not good um, overall, whether that means aligning with Zarkon or acting on his own selfish ambitions. I think he's serving of the Galrins and um, potentially that's because that's what's best for his self-interest. But um, I don't know. I don't see a, uh, any sort of Lotor redemption anytime soon. No, I could see a redemption of some kind of Zarkon comes back and he fails at his coup and then he turns to the rebellion because he sees that as the best way for to grab for power. But other than that, I really right, like. Yeah, he's a bad guy. Like, that's that's. I think that's within in this realm of motivations is um, trying to find somewhere else other than the Garans, uh that uh, like he might be able to to lead. But um, I think that it would be for for nefarious purposes ultimately. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, what do we think about the uh, or let's talk the origins episode? Um. There's obviously a lot here. One random thing I want to talk about is uh before he gets his kova the cat i think is the name uh is the, the the cat from the origins episode the cat that uh the lotor's generals have yes steve uh no why not i don't know bunch of cats to, there <laughs> how would they get that though i you know i don't know maybe i don't really care whatever what come I, on it, I don't know. It, I never thought of it so the far. The most important um, character in the show, the cat. They wouldn't uh, show us that camera shot of the cat if it wasn't the same one, if it wasn't supposed to be important. Yeah. It okay. has to be the same cat. You think it could be the same cat? All right. I, I, I just don't know how they got it. I mean, did Lotard steal it? <laughs> steal it from Hagar? Like, yeah, either, when she wasn't looking. either that or um, it's either that or uh, the cat's owner, because I don't remember their names anymore is um oh maybe hagar gave it to him so i think uh, hagar hagar's memories yeah. are wiped um at, yeah. at the at the point where they wake up so i don't think she would just even remember the cat so i think the cat um 
just probably <laughs> wandered off in the ship and someone either someone picked it up or uh that character who owns the cat is uh meant to be uh someone from the origin story like somehow either like a mm. a daughter or uh like maybe someone else who's immortal or something so this is this is the problem when you introduce Im- immortality into a show like this like you have no clue how old anybody is yeah. and what events they could yeah be you can't rule out anyone from a thousand years ago being someone now <laughs> yeah like we don't know how low how old lotor is even like if he's actually the son of zarkon and i think a lot of us are yeah let's it, talk about yeah, let's talk about that now um because you brought that up so <laughs> okay is is lotor the son of zarkon and uh hagar aka um onerva i'm pretty sure he is and that would and if he is that raises some questions with how old he is and whether he has some form of lengthened lifespan as well. Uh, Steve, what do you think on that? Yeah, I'm almost, I'm almost positive that they are. I just have only one way that can't be either because either that or Lotar's adopted. I just, I just don't <laughs> find it hard. I just don't think Zarkon fathered Lotar with another woman after seeing episode seven. I just, so either Hagar's his mom or he's just adopted, and he, he's adopted, and he's not blood related to any of them. Yeah, Zarkon seemed too in love with the Nerva. I agree, um, but I, I could be yeah. misremembering. Didn't they mention there were multiple princes, or or was that a different line that I'm thinking of? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I'd have to go back and watch the first um, episode. Like, really. uh, Andy brings up the logistical problem with Lotor being Zarkon Hager's Hager's uh, son, which is that. Uh, presumably the events of legends, be- the legend begins were a long time ago, too long for a natural lifespan to like have play and him be that young. It, it makes no sense basically because, um, no, no. like they don't even know that their husband and wife in present, um, Zarkon and Hagar. So even if you like discount for the fact that this was probably over a lifespan ago, the events of the legend begins. Um, it, it, it doesn't make sense for him to be their son. You would have to be their son from before they, uh, got, uh, evil turned by quintessence. Uh, unless they did, unless Hagar did some DNA experiments, maybe. Right. But, um, yeah. you know, I could see that. I could see her doing experiments like that, but I think that there was very purposefully left out a lot of the yeah. personal time that, that Zarkon and, oh, is it Hanerva? Is that her Hanerva, name? Yeah. Oh, Nerva. Oh. Nerva. Oh. They left. They they purposely only showed us shots of them doing research. We never really saw their home life, so I don't think it can be ruled out that they didn't have a kid. Speaking of purposely stuff, you know, in episode five, Hagar and Lotar, or Hagar and Lotar have this conversation, and they purposely made sure that Lotar never addressed Hagar. He never he never said, you know, Hagar like. You know, call Hagar her by her name, yeah, never, or never, called her mom, yeah, or never anything. Said, never said mom because it would have been a giveaway. Yeah, I know, yeah. but he ne- but he didn't also say like Hagar because oh, he would have said he would have said Onerva. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah okay. he didn't say anything. Yeah. He just uh, he purposely did not address her by anything. He just it was just uh, I mean Hagar's the only one who addressed him by his name. So yeah, I agree. I agree. That was uh, and you could you could call that misleading or unrealistic, but um, it it also makes sense though because Hagar doesn't know who she is, so um, that would that would potentially make sense. Um, yeah, yeah it's the so if the problem is that uh, Lotor needs to be really old, but he doesn't seem to have quintessence poisoning like uh, Zarkon and Anerva. Do you agree with that, Andy? That he's he's not quintessence poisoned. Yeah, because just the way that Hagar and Zarkon move, like, if you know what I mean, the way they're animated always seems to be a little more, they seem to be, their figures seem to be dense and powerful the way they stride about. But 
Lotor moves around with like a grace and a carefulness whenever he's doing stuff. He's very he's very powerful in like when he pilots his ship, but he's not he doesn't have this kind of aura about him of being very powerful, and I think that's on purpose. I don't think he has this quintessence that they do. What do you think of that, Steve? Yeah, I I agree. Um he seems in a way he seems too normal, believe it or not. Is he like he's like a normal villain? He's not like Zarkon type of just completely insane to have intent. What's that name again? In, I'm sorry, I'm tongue tied here. To have that stuff in him, um, yeah, I, I agree with Andy. Um, I do think though, Logtar though, he definitely half a tan. I really believe that. That's the way he was in the old show as well. Um, I and I think though, um. In a way, I th- think though he kind of rela- he he is like an outcast because he's half he, he is half Gara, and uh, and that's why he kind of able to get all these all these other half breeds onto his side. And yeah. I do think perhaps down the line he might try to recruit Keith to his side to be one of us. Mm. Yeah, yeah, we could uh, <laughs> with him being. Um... Half Gara, yeah, yeah. You, you can make the case though, like both Keith and Shiro. You know, if if Shiro was our Shiro, can both be recruited by Zarkon and Logtar respectively because we have something in common. You know, Logtar and Keith do because they're half like Gara, and you know, and Zarkon and Shiro because they were both dumped by the Black Line. Yeah, so um, uh, maybe that's some um, foundations for the uh, Shiro Keith shipping. That's what Steve's saying. No, no, I'm, <laughs> no, I, no, plan, no. I said Darkon and Shiro, they're both dumped by the Black Line. He, the Black Line dumped them both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, yeah, I, I definitely think Lothar is half Altan. So um, I, I just don't, there's a disparity here. I don't know how to rectify it. I don't know. Is Lothar, is, uh, just, it's just mean Lothar is immortal. Um, maybe because Onerva was experimenting with quintessence that when she got pregnant, um, that like made its way into the baby's DNA and Lothar is just, like has the benefits of quintessence poisoning without the without the bad parts of it. Yeah, so that I think that's possible. Um, I do think we'll get an explanation on that. Uh, pretty, pretty yeah, soon. and that's the big point, Dylan. In past seasons, we were given these questions that we have no we had no clue if we were going to be answered. Now it feels like we're going to get actually get answers, and I'm just excited. Like if this was like season two, some of these questions were posed. I just feel like really annoyed. Like, is any of this going to be explained? But now it feels like we're actually going to get explanations for everyone's actions. And I'm really excited for that. Yeah, I, I generally agree. Um, I would, the only, the only hesitation I have is this is just one episode where we've ever gotten an explanation for anything here, uh, with the legend begins. So, you know, and we still don't have an explanation for quintessence. Yeah. But you know, oh. that's, I don't know if we'll ever get, ever get that, but, um, it's, you magic. know, it, I wouldn't expect another backstory episode to explain everything, all the new questions so soon. I'm, I'm like, I'm waiting for the show to show me that this is a new, a new state of being and actually explaining itself. Uh, so, so we'll see on that. I'm being optimistic. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm fine with that. Okay. One thing I want to get to bef- to make sure we get to is the shipping. So, um, <laughs> I already important. mentioned my ship. <laughs> yes. Let's, let's talk clans to start. So, um, <laughs> a lot of people are hype about the level of clans in this season, Keith and Lance. Um, AKA uh, whatever the Delaney's new name is, AKA George. Um, but uh, Andy, what's your, do you think this is the biggest Clant season and why? I think it is not because of the, the amount of it, like the time you could see on screen, but because just look at all the other relations between the paladins. We don't really get to see 
The only other really relationship we see between Paladins is Hulk and Pidge. We get a lot of scenes dedicated to just Lance and Keith talking, but we don't really get that for any other pairings. Mm-hmm. It, and I think that's very specifically done, and it's very indicative of the fact that they're very close now. And whether it's just a friendship or something more, it's it's very much there. It's very much a... They, they share a lot of stuff with each other. I think that's becoming very clear. And that leads to a lot more things. And I hope, at least hope if we touch on possible relationship, it's done well. And I think they will, but who knows? <laughs> we do we do see a um, an Allura land scene. We have another Keith Allura but scene. Those are like short things. Those are like sprinkled through every single episode with Voltron with the Paladins. We get a scene with them talking. I don't know. Every I wasn't overwhelmed that's... by the amount of them talking, you know? And I wasn't either. I'm just saying compared to the other ones. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think in general we saw a lot less of people talking. What do you think, Steve, of Clans this season? Oh, oh, I agree. Um, I agree. Um, definitely more development this season. We we see um, Keith and Lance, their their relationship there is not played for laughs anymore. They actually have serious moments. And also, maybe that's overall Lance. It's not just played for laughs anymore because I feel in the past he's just there to be the funny guy. You're not supposed to take him seriously. But now I think now he's developing into a character where so that we're supposed to take a series of the others. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like uh, like like comparison to like Bolin, like Bolin in the later books of Korra. Like remember in the beginning, he was just supposed to be the funny guy. And, and later as the series went on, you know, his development was he's a guy you're supposed to take him as seriously as any as you would anybody else and i see the same thing with lance and and with as for his relationship with keith who knows stay tuned stay tuned yeah so i think i think as always talking about shipping on the show it's worth noting that um not not that it's not just it's worth noting like i think this is a mandatory point to bring up if you're talking about canon ships which is that the show has literally done zero romance ever yeah um, and I don't exaggerate there. I think the most romance we've ever gotten was uh, in the flashback episode with Zarkon and Onerva. And that was just Zarkon being kind of awkward in one scene. I think that's like the biggest so, romance thing that's ever happened on the show. We also had a little bit with Allura's parents in that flashback. Yeah, we saw them I together agree. with a baby. Yeah, that was. Uh... Yeah. So Zarkon is like the the one who gets the most love. Yeah, Zarkon's the biggest romantic in the series. Yeah, that's a romantic. <laughs> oh, man, he's the player. He's, oh, don't believe yeah, He's the only one. Um, so, you know, it, it'd be great to do any shipping thing, but I think all shipping discussions must be taken with a grain of salt because the show, has, I, to this point, has expressed no interest in doing romance. But I think that's purposeful. I, I Like, if I'm honest with myself, I don't think there's going to be any shipping at all, and I think that is going back to Avatar and Korra, because a lot of the reviews for that show, besides Korasami, like, most of the relationships, and even a lot of people are mad about Korasami, which is crazy to me, but a lot of the relationship stuff usually was the stuff that people liked the least in terms of critical level. Yeah, there's certainly of, been, you know, all the Mako and Korra stuff. Um, even uh, Katara and Aang does its fair of crit- share fair of critics. Um, yeah. I, 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 I think that the show is probably making a mistake in in not doing this because i think that uh the show like doesn't have a lot of heart that um other things have so yeah I, like it's i think that it would provide an element of joy and audience connection to the show that is missing and i think this is potentially one big reason why i just I and mean, it's more of a broader mm-hmm. problem in not me feeling not connected to a lot of these characters so i think it's more of a characterization thing but yeah um so let's go rapid fire through as we wrap up here through some other topics uh so lightning round um 
Steve, what uh, or any either of you? I don't know if Steve had anything specific to say. Lotor ships, anything? Lotor ships? No, not really, because uh, I don't. Know, I don't see him with any of the generals. The only ship I have with Lotor is Keith. <laughs> Lotor Keith. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Sure. Why not? Uh, yeah. But no Lotar or Lore, please, because I saw the uh, some of that in the old show, and it it's was bad. so disturbing, and it was so annoying, too, because that was his whole character. I love Allure. I must have Allure. She is mine. Yeah. And it, it just got old, and it got it was annoying. Yeah, I don't think they're, I don't think they're doing that, so. That'll, uh, I don't know. I wouldn't worry. Um, and you <laughs> mentioned, Steve, you liked the Tylee one and the the uh, the leader one. As a show, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like I said, I there are they are the like female, the the other, the Gora version of clans, and also love. I love the opposite, of tr- like the different opposites. Like, and I don't want to. I I didn't want to bring the series up, but they are like Akko and Diana to me in terms of. I love those type of relationships. Like same thing with Kor and Asami. I love like two people that are just different but similar enough. They have a combination of of differences but similarities and i feel that's the way a relationship works because opposite attracts are such a myth if you compare cora with mako and cora with asami yeah i think these are bold yeah, statements I, to be making steven we've seen like five minutes of these characters but um yeah. these these generals but uh you know i, I like yeah. the initiative here anything on this andy uh i I actually, this is one of the only characters in the show I hope we don't get to see any romance for, because I like the idea of this character just being all for just his own agenda, and I really don't want to muddle that up with other things right now, because he's very compelling as he is right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, I agree. I think it's worth noting that um, Keith and Allura remains one of the m- more character-to-character interactions that the show seems more interested in presenting to us we had another scene in these seven episodes yeah. I, I i hope they don't have a relationship thing because i really don't feel anything between them at all mm, no i i i agree with you andy though about lotar to no romance because it kind of would make him a little more sympathetic and i don't want lotar to be sympathetic i want him to be a villain a straight up villain that i have some sympathy but not too much i don't want like any like redeeming qualities about him i like him the way he is <laughs> <laughs> I think his charisma is a redeeming quality, I guess. Yeah. You know? um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I also, I'm, I definitely, I think all of us kind of hate Keith and Alara, but it's, it, it's definitely, and I, I think it's probably my most hated perspective ship on like all of TV right now. So that's kind of, I feel very strongly about it, but um, <laughs> wow. uh, it's, uh, it's, I think it's the show does seem interested in continuing the show. So it's worth bringing up. Um, I'm fine with them being, having them interact because they are, do have two very different viewpoints. Yeah. I like the scenes but, we've seen between them, but um, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Continuing rapid fire. Uh, Andy quickly, what were your lion thoughts that you wanted to bring up? Oh, just that there is some more information on the lines that we need to be told. Because the lions are acting in ways that doesn't really make sense. They're very, I, I think Justin's one that called them toxic. They are kind oh. of pushing the paladins to their limits in ways that doesn't seem healthy. And they're also just, how do they work? It really wasn't explained in the beginnings in any kind of satisfying way. They evolved. They built they, they have consciousnesses somehow and they evolved, yeah. Like, but then if they're if they're conscious, how why do they need paladins? It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. I, I love yeah, Justin said uh, the lion's relationship to the paladins is toxic. I love that. 
Um, I agree. They, <laughs> the Falcons are pushed around by these lions. Which get not, I mean, I guess they get to pilot them in return, which is pretty cool. But um, yeah. Uh, but it's jokey, but it is kind of true. It is kind of true. They do make them kind of break. Yeah. I, I think that's um, probably the uh, we're assigning more anthropomorphization to the lions than is in, than is actually there. Um, at the same time, they yeah their origins make no sense. So yeah, <laughs> um, quickly dark Voltron this pr- this prospect of uh, Lotor taking the comet, uh, which is what Voltron was made up of, making his own version of Voltron. Uh, uh, Steve buying or selling this? Uh buying it. I thought all along when he's for. Generals were introduced that they're like they're counterparts of our of our palatins. So you won't specifically have Lotar and specifically four others if they weren't going to do something there. So yeah, yeah, if, yeah. If Lotar just had like two like generals or three <laughs> generals, then maybe. But he had to have four specifically four generals. Andy buying or selling yeah. Voltron? I that's actually the reason why I'm buying it. Like there's somehow conveniently exactly five people huh what else is five people yeah, yeah th- that's really but and like the the fact that he's building stuff out of the comet kind of explicitly yeah there's going to be some kind of dark voltron coming up yeah i think uh that's the biggest evidence there's five of them dark voltron made out of the same material as the comet um and uh, also i don't think that uh shiro's ship is it or shiro, you know, shiro's eventual ship the those the lotor new ship is it because i think that we're going to reveal like what he made from the comet later i think that wasn't the big reveal so i think that might just be one of the quote-unquote lions of dark voltron it could be yeah or it could just be an auxiliary sixth thing i think both are in play yeah um yeah, I can't... yeah steve i kind of wonder though i just i just hope though sarkhan does not defeat lotar too easily because I feel so disappointed. I know while Zarkon probably has to be the big bad, even though Lotar's more charismatic. I've seen other series when you know the more powerful villain has to be the final boss, while his underling is more charismatic, will be more interesting final boss, and it still never happens. So, yeah, yeah. I agree. Let's not revert to Zarkon as the villain here. Lotar is more interesting. Um, yeah, we talked about Alura being as a paladin. The season is one of the highlights. Um, I'd love to see that more. From next season, uh, that was definitely a highlight of episodes like two and three. Is Alara functioning as a paladin? Um, and uh, last, uh, Andy, all these avatar parallels we've talked about them includes the comet. Um, we uh, we got the the Elizula comparisons. You were, were you digging it? I was digging it, and I we haven't mentioned it yet. But I really the thing I felt the most was just the general fluidity of like the fights we got were a lot higher standard and. And a lot more fun. Mm. Like the fight between all the paladins and Lotor's generals was one of the most genuinely fun fight scenes I've watched in a long time. With all the people teaming up and like interrupting in each other's fights, it felt very Avatar oh. to me. Oh, I tell you though, if we ever go to another universe, maybe again, maybe we have a, another, another dimension. Lotar's female, and maybe we get Gray Delisle Griffin to voice her. <laughs> you want gender bent uh, Lotor by Gray Delisle? I like that. Yes, okay. yes. Let's, let's do that. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I agree the fight scene in Tailing a Comet was good. Yeah, it, it, I guess now that you bring it up, it reminds me of like a, uh, a late era Korra fight scene, the one from that season four, season three episode of them in, uh, Zafu. Um, yeah, that type of thing. I still think the yep. season one, episode three fight scene is still the best the show has had, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I think that's just a difference. Like, I really like the down on the ground fight scenes a lot more than you do, I think. You seem to 
But um, I think I mean I, yeah, I'm I'm more into anything infused with stories, so I definitely appreciated the tailing with a tailing a comma fight. Um, yeah, uh, but I, I it did stand out to me there weren't any large scale fight scenes. Um, maybe that was our our most one. Um, there wasn't like epic Voltron fights or anything like that. So that's I'm there was just keith dodging the one laser and that's yeah, it so i think we'll be getting a a big a big mecha fight pretty soon i assume in the, in the next yeah, which will be exciting yeah. um final thoughts here on season three or anything we talked about today andy uh just that uh i really am happy with this that they are improving the quality i was kind of worried in season two that they were either out of ideas or just weren't sure where to go with the show but this really made me feel confident about where they're going as long as Lotor stays around because he's really cool and I like him a lot. Is Lotor your favorite character? I think so because he actually has probably the most characterization even though we've only seen very little of him. Like the characterization for the other paladins is honestly not that interesting sometimes except when they explicitly make an episode about them. Yeah. Uh, Steve, uh, final thoughts on this season. Yeah, this season really stepped up its game. Um, I never thought I would love Lotar so much because the original Lotar, he, he was like my least favorite character, and now he's like one of my favorites. Though the part that he I like the best though is the four generals. Those are the characters that I'm most excited about, maybe, even though they're not as important as Lotar. Um, I especially want to see, like, perhaps the, the big one, the... Um, what she might do because she's been kind of held back and I feel though she's the one who might be like least likely to be redeemed of the four of them because because uh, she's so destructive yeah the, and, the, the, but, the fighty but, one yeah yeah no I disagree the one that's least likely to be redeemed is the one with the cat that one is shady you mean there's the, something going on with him oh you think oh, wait wait a minute she might be she might be a, a spy for Zarkarn or Hagar, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh no. Oh, and she has Hagar's cat. Now it makes sense. <laughs> she's a Hagar spy because <laughs> she's the cat. Okay, maybe. I like that Steve wasn't even sure if it was the same cat. And I was like, no, yeah. it is. It is <laughs> Some retconning on Steve's opinions here. Yeah. Um, yes, there you go. Um, let us know what you thought on anything we discussed today. Not too long until we have to pay off all these theory discussions, I would say. Um, just October. Maybe we'll get answers on Shiro. Maybe we'll get answers on stuff like Lotor. So. Oh, maybe we might get an episode in, at NYCC yeah. week before, like did last year. I think it's very likely they'll show episode eight at, uh, at NYCC. Yeah. Oh, I saw, I saw the episode two of season two last year was so much fun uh, i'll be hopefully again maybe yeah, steve, steve just wants up it early and then to like uh snicker hey, you want me to report what happens to you yeah we'll see yeah steve will be our reporter from there yeah so we'll see that'll be the next uh thing and then october we'll have uh the rest of season three slash what they're branding seasons we're dropping on netflix so check uh stay with overly animated for all of your voltron coverage uh make sure you subscribe to us wherever you're listening and uh, consider supporting us at Patreon, patreon.com slash overly animated. Thank you very much to all of our patrons, our patrons, especially our patron of the podcast. Ooh, Andy, a.k.a. Buzz like here. He's here. Woo-hoo! And thanks to our star patron producers, John Ryan, Steve, Alex, and Andy. Um, we uh, a bunch of great stuff in overly animated coming up, including continued Rick and Morty coverage and yeah. um, another Netflix show. We're eventually going to ramp up to BoJack. Um, so to oh yeah, I'm excited yeah, for that to Netflix shows. So uh, all that coming at overlyanimated.com. Thank you guys very much for listening. We will see you next time. Bye.
Bye. Bye.